everybody, Ryan Lake here, and welcome to Beyond the Playbook Podcast, Episode 2. Today we're talking with Paul Loudon, the Athletic Director at Davenport University. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The, po- the Beyond the Playbook Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at beyondplaybook.com. Come back often, feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Beyond Playbook. We're also on Instagram and Facebook as well. All links that we talk about in the sh- will be available in the show notes today at beyondtheplaybook.com. Today we're going to have a discussion with Paul Loudon, the Athletic Director for Davenport University. Uh, Paul was named Athletic Director in 2002. when he started, he started with two programs when he took over, which were hockey and, and women's basketball. As of the 2015-16 season, Paul has... Uh, developed the program to a robust athletic program with over 31 sport programs all owners watch which continues to grow and over the past 12 seasons the Davenport Athletic Department has claimed five consecutive Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference all sport trophies from 2010 through 2015 and Paul has also helped uh, the athletic department bring home uh, 13 national championships um, that was up into 2015 uh, 16 season and this year they also had a tremendous amount of success. Paul himself led um, Davenport to four national championships as head coach of their hockey program. In the 2014-15 season alone, Davenport was in eight NAIA national championship games. With men's soccer being the first NAIA team at Davenport to win the national championship. In 2011 and uh, 12 season, Paul was named the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference Athletic Director of the Year. Paul lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan with his wife, Lisa, and they have three children, daughters, Christian, Kaylin, and their son, Tyler. Uh, and without further ado, let's get into the discussion. I hope you enjoy it. And Paul shares some invaluable knowledge and advice and insights into the business of sports. And, uh, enjoy. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Beyond the Playbook podcast. I'd like to welcome our guest today, who's Paul Loudon, who's the Athletic Director at Davenport University. Thanks for being with us, Paul. Uh, I gave you a pretty brief uh, overview before, but I would love it if you could give an introduction of yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, my name is Paul Loudon. I'm the Director of Athletics at Davenport University. Uh, we are located in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, we started athletics back in 2002 with with two programs, uh, men's bas- or, I mean women's basketball and, and hockey. And we currently sponsor close to 35 programs uh, and have over 800 athletes. Um, what you what is it life in uh, the day in the life of my job? Well, it changes. It's the nice thing about uh, my position. There's a lot of uh, diversity, a lot of, uh, you know, you deal with a lot of things, uh, from generally speaking from budgets and, and, uh, program management to, uh, compliance to facilities. Uh, there are so many different things that, that come up during the day. Currently right now working on division NCAA division two application. Uh, this is the time of year for annual evals, um, student athlete surveys, reviewing, reviewing that and, um, and working on scheduling and, uh, uh, and basically completion of a, of a new facility that we are, should be done in the next six to eight weeks. So. Great. Thanks Paul. That's definitely a lot that's going on. So how many athletic associations is Davenport a member of? Well, um, I would say about 
six or seven we're we're looking uh we got the ac we got the nei where we currently are for our varsity programs we got the acha we have the um usa rugby for men and women's uh rugby we have the mcla for men's lacrosse we have uh, U- usbc for bowling the club volleyball for men's volleyball we started this past year i know i may be missing something but uh it's about five or six uh, affiliations that we're involved in. Well, that's quite a few athletic associations that you're a member of. I would imagine that would complicate some issues when dealing with compliance and eligibility issues for each of the different associations. You know, generally speaking, if you meet NCAA or any eligibility, if you're if you're passing 24 credits a semester and you have over a 2.0, generally speaking, uh, and you passing 12 in the fall and 12 in the in in, in the spring semester, uh, you're going to be eligible in all these in all these affiliations. So that's the easy part on that. It's it's the the tricky part sometimes gets into some of the associations don't really do eligibility and except in the in the in the semester in which they're competing. Uh, and you know, but we we make it pretty simple on our side. We expect all of our student athletes to be full time and and, uh, and carry you know 12 credits per semester. And then obviously you can use summer if there's any hiccup during the way. They can use summer credit to help get back to eligibility. So we kind of try to simplify it in that matter. It makes it a lot easier. Well, that's definitely a great way of handling all the different complexities and the issues. Have you found that the student athletes have a difficult time meeting that standard? Um, no, vast majority, high 90% uh, meet that requirement. Uh, you know, ACHA D3 has a little different rule, as you are aware, that you only need to pass nine. Um, but generally speaking, no. Um, you know, uh, we don't have too many situations in which somebody uh, has not met requirement. We do have it more in, in somebody who's transferring in that may need to take summer classes to get eligible for the fall. Well, that's really fascinating, and I'm sure it takes up quite a bit of time. So if, if you weren't doing this podcast for us today, what what would you be doing, and what would your job and your day look like today? Well, I just talked a little bit about that earlier. We're in the final stages of uh, NCAA uh, application at the Division II level, uh, putting it together over the last number of months, over 400 to 450 page application documents, and now we have supplementary information we need to provide in the coming weeks. Um, this is the busy time for annual reviews for all of my my coaching staff um, and uh, also uh, you know with student athletes finishing up uh, and doing their their annual survey I go through all the surveys of all all sports and, and the comments and we look at and, and and take those to heart take a look at them seriously and, and look at some of the uh, requests that they have and we look to see if that's a, a possibility so uh, we do definitely listen to our student athletes and and uh, make sure that their health and well-being is being taken care of. The NCAA application, is that something that was driven by the students or that, did that really originate from the administration of the university? Well, it's, it's, it was presented to our athletes, presented to our administration when, uh, and over the, we've been working on it for the last four or five years. Uh, it is something that looking at where we are, the type of institution we are and who we're competing for in students, um, it's, it's uh, you know, we're, we sit right in the footprint of the uh, Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference in the, in the Midwest here. 
and uh, with schools like Grand Valley and Ferris State University schools like that and all the, the UP schools, uh, Upper Peninsula. So uh, it, we fit right in the footprint. We just felt that though we've had a great experience with the NAI wouldn't, and wouldn't change that, uh, they've been a great opportunity for us to grow from scratch up to where we are now. Uh, but we felt that um, we identify better. We compare ourselves data-wise to public institutions, so we felt it was important for us to look at that as, as an opportunity. It's quite the undertaking. It sounds like there's definitely a lot on your plate. Yes. Uh, fortunately, I have great staff that are um, really engaged in this whole process, and, and uh, together we work. Uh, you know, we you know we work hard to. Uh, uh, to put ourselves in the best uh, position so that we will be accepted. And, and uh, you know, so I give a lot of credit to my facilities people, my compliance people, my associate AD. She does a wonderful job. So, um, you know, we, we work collaboratively collaboratively together to, uh, you, know, uh, you know, on all of our processes. Well, like everything in sports, it's definitely got to be a team effort. So how did you originally get involved in, in the sports and on the business side of sports? Well, um, started uh, was a uh, NCAA Division One college hockey player at Fair State University in '83 to '87. Uh, played uh, semi-pro hockey in, in Germany for about five five years. Um, at that time, uh, you know, wasn't sure as most of us at, at that age what we we're going to do, what I was going to do, and, and an opportunity arose. Um, and um, I was in Af- I was in. Uh, in arena management for about four or five years and an opportunity arose to uh, start a program at, at, at Davenport and, and not knowing at that time that we, where we would be or at what level, it has been just an awesome experience. Um, it's not the traditional um, uh, road to uh, to being a director of athletics, but um, the opportunity arose and, and uh, I took advantage of it and, and um, you know, I'm very fortunate to be in the situation I am, but uh, it's been a lot of work by a lot of people and a lot of support from the university to get us where we are today. Looking back on your athletic career, what one piece of information do you wish you knew then that you know now? Well, I think one thing for small college athletics, uh, you know, you want to make sure the school is the right fit academically and not just athletically. Uh, that's important. Uh, you want to, you know, um, as far as small college athletics, the opportunity to go on and, and, and make a living uh, at at the sport professionally is it's you know the, the percentages are very low so you want to make sure the school is the right fit you want to make sure the academic program is what you're looking to do your career in, and and not just focus uh, primarily on on the athletic experience well that's definitely some great advice for any athlete that's going through the process now yes absolutely so what are some of the biggest struggles you face currently with your current position as an athletic director or on in your position with uh, the ACHA board of directors? Well, I think there's a lot of things going through, uh, you know, college athletic world uh, right now. And obviously, uh, you know, it's continually cost of uh, uh, attendance continues to go up for all institutions. And that's not just an athletic thing. I think that's across the board with, with, um, with higher ed. Uh, but on an athletic standpoint, uh, you know, the health and well-being of student-athletes is very important. Uh, concussions are a pretty big thing. Obviously, that's uh, things that can happen in contact sports like uh, like hockey and football and things like that. But it also happens in, in several other sports. And, and uh, you know, it, it's uh, the world is changing and, and for the better when it comes to concussion management. And you really got to lean on your athletic trainers and the, and the doctors to, uh, you know, because it's, uh, you know, this, this this can be scary stuff. So, 
I mean, that is very true. Concussions was actually the topic of our first podcast here at Beyond the Playbook. In your opinion, do you think that's the biggest issue that's facing sports today? Um, it's one of of that. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that uh, you know comes into um, into athletics, but uh, any health and well being of your student athletes should be a number one priority. Along with those concussion and, and health and safety issues, what other issues, in your opinion, are the most pressing or the most challenging that you had to face today? Well, uh, you know, it's college athletics. I mean, it's hard. It, it's 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 uh, it's changing. I mean, obviously, you see at the Division One level with with um, you know changes in conferences and and uh, you know it's in the cost of athletics. I can only talk on behalf of small college athletics. You know uh, about the rising costs of uh, uh, of running an athletic department, uh, and you know it's it's you know there's always the risk management piece of it, not just on concussions, but just that's important that you have everything in place. You got to have the right people and the right passion in place who are who are committed to uh, uh, you know to the the student athletes' well-being and and uh, you know um, but everything across the board. It's uh, you know it's changing as far as costs are concerned in regards to running a program and and uh, and, uh, it, you know, we, it, it's our job to make sure we uh, keep those costs in line. Well, if Davenport's able to join the NCAA, is that something that will help keep those costs in line? Is that uh, really what you're most excited for about the future? Well, I think it's, it's, it's a great opportunity. I mean, obviously, the, uh, um, the NCAA, that, those four digits, that logo, is, uh, is great for marketing. It's great uh, exposure. But for us, where we're located in Grand Rapids, we're right in the back door of a school like Grand Valley State University, which has you know 20,000 students, and and uh, we're in a great town, and, and uh, uh, you know we we recruit very heavily throughout the community, and we're really, it's very recognizable the the, the GLIAC, and, and we feel that it's a it's a great opportunity for us not only athletically but academically to be part of that uh, uh, you know of this um, conference. Well, it definitely sounds like an exciting possibility. Um, and since you've experienced sport through several different perspectives as a top athlete, an elite athlete, um, a coach, an athletic director, and a board on the on the board of a major collegiate association, I was just curious what advice you would give to an athlete that's currently looking at going to college or going to an elite league um, or a parent of an athlete that's going through that process. Well, um you know, well, college athletics is not just about athletics. It's about life and the balance. I would say to parents, it's preparing uh, their children for the, uh, you know, for being a productive citizen in the community. Uh, so, you know, it's very important. We have a, a responsibility as administrators, responsibility of coaches, that uh, our job is not just to coach, not to do X and O's. That's actually a small part of it. You know, our responsibility is, is again, I've talked about this before, the health and well-being of our student-athletes, but preparing them for the future. They need to be prepared for, uh, you know, when they leave college and go on into the workforce. And I think athletics has a great opportunity there. It's a, Generally speaking, it's a team environment. It's, it's team chemistry. It's being able to work together and, uh, and, you know, for the common goal. And so I think athletics has a great advantage, but we, you know, we want to make sure that it is that they are still student athletes and, and, uh, uh, you know, academics come first and, and life in the balance comes in as well. I mean, community, uh, engagement, community service is a very big part of this. And, uh, you know, as well as being able, uh, uh, to enjoy themselves as a, as a, as a college student. So it's definitely about the being a well-rounded individual and not, not, 
just your athletics. That's a priority. And in your current position as athletic director, is there anything that you really struggle with that's not easy to get through? Um, you know, I'm, you know, balancing work with family time is probably one of the things that if I was anything that it is, it's just, it's, it's, it's demanding as a lot of jobs are. And, you, you know, you seem like in any, in, in, in all, in all work places, you're, you're asked to do more and, and, uh, and it takes up more of your time. So it's balancing that it's surrounding yourself with great people, which I've been very fortunate to that, uh, that, you know, that help helps you manage your, uh, uh, both your professional and personal life. So along the lines of that work-life balance, is there anything that you wish you were better at saying no to? You know, I, one of the things I've been very fortunate is uh, I'm I'm very transparent with my, uh, you know, with my staff, and they can come in and talk about anything at any time. And and uh, and when you have a great working relationship, um, you know, it's it's easy to say no to things when you need to my my job is to try to say yes to as many things as i can my job and i i work essentially for my staff for my coaching staff and uh and my job is to try to find ways so they can be successful uh so i'm looking for ways to say yes but uh you know when you build a, a great rapport and a good relationship they understand that at times that there's things you cannot do and uh and uh, so you know in answer to your question um everything you know all of our jobs and all of our lives are about relationships, and if you have strong, good relationships, um, you know, uh, you know, it's it's easy, it's easier to make those decisions when you build a good rapport with your with your with your coaching staff. I think that's a really key point that a lot of people tend to overlook is everything comes down to a person-to-person interaction and relationships, and it's not as overwhelming as some people try to or tend to think about it. Yes, exactly. So you live in Grand Rapids, which I think everyone knows is has a reputation of being a really cool city. What do you love about Grand Rapids? Well, I think it's just a great place to raise a family. And uh, over the past three or four years, and I think three or four years ago, it was ranked in the top one or two as one of the top places to raise a family. So it's a great family environment. It's, it's like a a small, uh, it's like living in a smaller community, uh, but having all the benefits of a big city, of a bigger city, not a big city. Uh, you, you know, from professional, we have minor pro athletics here with the Grand Rapids Griffins, and we have the, um, um, you know, as far as baseball is concerned, the Whitecaps, and, and we have theater and things like that. And there's a lot of, and the, you know, the the um, the Van Andels and the DeVosses have done a wonderful job in in rebuilding the city over the years, and it's it's just been it's just a great community and a great friendly environment. I've only heard good things about it, and I hope to get up there one day to check it out. And I hear there's just great scenery and great people up there. Yes. So is there someone that you've met recently that has really inspired you that you would like to talk about with our viewers and would provide some insight and guidance on um, going through their athletic journey? Well, you know, I, I think it's any time you, um, you get a chance to go to professional development, whether that's to an NCAA uh, um, annual meetings or I did at the NEI, you get a chance to meet with other athletic directors and other administrators, and, and we're all learning. And to be able to sit down and, and share ideas and, and, um, and uh, do best practices, uh, you know, you, know, we, uh, you have the ability to uh, help enhance not only their program, but they can help enhance yours. So I, I, specifically as far as a person, no, but I would say um, just generally the field in which I'm in, we're very good at, at sharing ideas and, and, and looking out for each other to, to help us uh, all be successful. 
Great. Well, we have, I have one more question for you, and I would like to really thank you for taking the time today and uh, sharing your insights with us. Um, if you could personally witness anything in history, uh, what would you want to see and why? Well, athletically, if I had to look at something and being a hockey guy, I would say um, I would have loved to have been at Wayne Gretzky's 50th goal in the 39th game. That would have been an awesome experience to see what he accomplished during that time. He broke a record that had stood for so many years and, and, uh, and never thought possible would be broken, and not only did it, uh, uh, did it in under 40 games. So I thought that was kind of a, as an individual record, that was, that was a pretty unique thing. It definitely would have been amazing to see that. Yeah. Well, I would like to thank you again uh, for taking the time today. And your insights are invaluable and um, will certainly help our listeners going through their athletic journey. Absolutely. I'm glad I can help anyway. Well, that wraps up our discussion with Paul Loudon, the athletic director at Davenport University. And I would like to thank Paul again for taking the time to discuss quite a few different issues with us and give us insight into what the life of an athletic director is like and also set some light on the different issues that an elite uh, athlete goes through as as he played at an elite level at the NCAA level and then semi-pro over in Europe. Um, so I'd like to thank him again and please feel free to reach out if you have any questions or comments about our podcast or like have any issues that you're really passionate about that you'd like to hear us talk about uh, at Beyond the Playbook. Uh, feel free to follow us at on Twitter at Beyond Playbook. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. And you can uh, shoot us a note at info at beyondplaybook.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope, hope you join us next time.